if I call someone out, I, I promise you this, I have a moral right. Well, that's when you got in all the trouble with GAF, right? Can't talk about that. So I feel like oftentimes I speak what everybody's thinking, what on everybody's mind. So Lee Haight wanted to fist fight me. He actually right outside the restaurant. He was drunk, like in my face. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a good one. I have the YouTube OG of the roofing industry, Dmitry Lipinski here with us, founder of Directory, creator of Roofing Insights. He's got all kinds of stuff that he's getting to. We're going to get into some of that today, but uh, welcome to Pittsburgh, man. Thanks for taking some time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. The most controversial man in roofing right now, I feel like. So if you guys are fans of the show and you guys also aren't following the roofing industry, this one may be a little bit too niche for you, but I would strongly pay attention to this episode. There's going to be a lot of value here. Let's get right into it. It seems to me your soul is not at peace unless the world is in chaos. What would you say to that? Um, <laughs> oftentimes, things are not what they seem like. If you, you have to hang out with me to understand me. And uh, there is uh, two versions probably of everyone. One version is what you see online and another, like we judge people by our own characters often and our own intentions. Like for example, if you're a money-driven person and you see someone, let's say do a giveaway, money-driven person will say, well, he does give away because it's, you know, like you look at someone like Mr. Beast and you will judge it like, oh, he does it to get rich. But I would argue that Mr. Beast is just altruistic person. Like, But then if you're generous, you will look at that like, oh, he's a nice guy. So we judge others by who we are. So oftentimes people judge me through their own lens. Uh, I do like peace and I'm very calm in like in general like i don't i mean you can't i mean if you like for example i'm pretty sure it's gonna come up like you know lee hate and stuff like that guy wanted to fight me for many years and actually pick up a fight with me and i don't respond to violence i don't look for a fight if fight is not a, like i'm a good fighter uh not only physically but the more like if you attack me if you come after me I, i'm not a pushover i'm not you're not gonna run over me like we will go to court I will defend myself. You send me cease and desist letter. I'm making video about it. Like, you know, but that it's not because I'm looking for it. It's because I'm reacting to it and I'm not afraid to speak up my mind and get in trouble where most people will do everything not to even get in trouble. So I just operate differently. So those two, those two characters, right? The, do we see the authentic Dimitri on YouTube all the time or do we see a character that you're portraying? Here's one thing what I like, here's my background. I went to college and not many people know it. So after high school, I went to college three years and it's not part time. It's not online. It's three years, day in and day out. My first degree is I supposed to be teacher of theater in a school. So like I'm a, like a director. I can take 20 kids and do like. Romero Shakespeare, you know, or Juliet Shakespeare on the stage. So that's what I learned. I understand how stage works and uh, I understand how content game works. I understand how, how Hollywood works. What people don't understand about content and people accuse me of it all the time. Uh, you know, Joseph Hughes was asking the question, 
about uh, on your post about the drama. Do I like drama? You have to love drama if you're in a content game. Let me explain. Many people look at a content game, like making a video, creating podcast, as a mirror of life. What you need to understand, if you do podcast, if you create reels, if you're on Instagram, it doesn't matter. If you're doing any kind of TV, any kind of content, content is not a mirror of life. It's magnifier. Like, you have to be dramatic to be interested. Like, there's got to be conflict. Like... And as a result, like, for example, we just did a news here. So when you in front of audience, you have to speak louder. Sometimes you have to speak slower. You have to exaggerate. Like if you imagine theater. So you have 500 people in the audience. If I'm saying to you, no, 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 I can't do no, no, no. I have to be like, no, no, no. So the last row sees that no, no, no. I have to go from here to here. So the person that you see on the Facebook is Dmitry who exaggerates, but I exaggerate for it, uh, not to get attention, but to, uh, for my audience to actually understand. If you watch Hollywood movie, for example, even movies are based on the true story, you know how it's always a little bit exaggerated, mm -hmm. but otherwise it's not interested. So when you do like Gary Vee is master of it, like you have to exaggerate the comedians do it. Hollywood actors are doing it. You have to slow down, dumb and down, and you have to exaggerate the emotion. Otherwise, you're going to be boring and no one will watch anything boring. So what people see online is exaggerated version of Dimitri. And in real life, like I get compliments all the time. When people hang out with me, it's like, Dimitri, you're the same guy as I see online, but with less exaggeration, if it makes sense. So yeah. I am more dramatic on camera because you have to be. Otherwise, no one will watch. and But it's not faking it. It's just, okay, hey, guys, like, you have to get, like, if you watch, like, Mr. Beast or most YouTubers, like, you have to do it. And you have to practice it. You have to learn how to be more dramatic, more exaggerate, and pinpoint what you're trying to deliver. So. I hear you. Um, but it's authentic. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I actually do believe that hanging out with you when I was in Minnesota, um, you know, definitely saw the the calm side of you, the chill side of you, the nice guy version of you, right? I'm always nice guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, get, I think there's some people out there that will probably disagree with that, but you're right. That could be a reflection of themselves. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, but um, if you could have the world truly grasp one thing about Dimitri, what would that be? Explain the question one more time for me. Grasp, like, in Grasp, like, yeah. So, like, if you, you could have the world understand, like, the people in the roofing industry understand one thing about you. Like, what, do you, what would that be? Uh, my intentions are always to help. Even, so, my most controversial content that I always have done is calling out, like, crooks. Like, people who steal money and, you know, we caught them. Uh, I'll give you an example. Years ago, it was Joshua Wexman. So Joshua Wexman have stole from like 150 contractors. And I tried to connect with him. So I call out. I did like scam alert, guys. Be careful with this person. He takes two, three thousand. He was a marketer. Two, three thousand dollars per person. Even when I call a person like that, my number one intention is to help the person. If that person comes to me and say, Dimitri, 
I want to try to make it right. I want to pay people back. I want to fix my problem. I have, I hold no grudge. Like all the people to this day that I called out, I have no emotions. If people come back to me and they want to have interview with me, they want to talk, you know, doors open, studios open. If you consider yourself my enemy, you still can come to me and we can work it out. I, I have zero emotions about like zero personal hate. It doesn't look like it because what you see, it's passionate reaction to something. But when people, you know, we call out way more people than we actually aired. And oftentimes I'll call a person and say, hey, is this true? And sometimes people are like, yeah, it's true. I'm trying to make it right. All right, brother, I'll help you. And if they settle it, if the person does what he has to do, the right thing, that's it. We're going to like, I'll never air the story. My job is, first of all, to help that person, not by calling out someone. You have to stop the bad behavior and then you have to make it right. If you stole money from someone, you have to pay it back. There's no other way. But if you don't call them out, they're going to keep stealing more and more and more. And that has to stop. I think it's hard. I think it's hard because in the roofing industry, you really are the, you are the, like the media channel, right? Like there's not really, I mean, there's a bunch of people that have some small podcasts and some stuff, but nobody really doing it at your level. So I think you play a couple different roles in the media. You wear a couple different hats, right? You know, you have your podcast business hats. Like, I think you wear a couple different media hats. Like you're the investigative journalist, like kind of like doing those pieces. You're kind of like the, I don't know what they call the nice guy when they come in and do the showcases on the, on, on the companies, like the, the Apple interview that you did yeah. with Dustin Bigler. Great. Company I stores. think everybody loves your company stories. And I think everybody actually loves the investigative journalism side. When you dig deep into these scam artists and things like that, I think where a lot of people have a problem is when you start to take a little bit of leeway maybe more editorial or maybe like your spin on it and then you kind of press and kind of make i don't want to say you're making up stories but you're really pressing buttons especially like when you go after manufacturers you know most recently suppliers you know you really like to stir up the industry a little bit and it gets people's blood boiling right because it's uh that's the part where it gets really dramatic to where it's more you putting the spin on it rather than you just reporting the good and the bad right what would you say to that like everyone, I make mistakes. I'm learning. This is new experience for me as well. I don't know it all. This is new journey. And uh, as a creator, so when you put out the content, you have a heart for it. Like you know what you want to do, but you don't know the reaction. Sometimes you can go back and edit or it's not like you're making a mistake, but you pivot too. So if you make 100 videos, you can go back and say, all right, this was good and I want to make more of this. Actually, in my company, we've made conscious decisions like we've went for two, three months and we have meetings with the team and say for the next two months, we're not going to call anyone out. We're not going to do any like this is the focus for the next couple of months. So as a content creator, I have a right to do the content that I love, like personally. Uh, and sometimes it can be personal because you're a YouTuber, you're documenting your journey, you can share your takes there's nothing wrong with it it's not like i'm being getting paid by fox news and i have a boss like i'm the boss this is my channel if i want to do something i have a right to do it yeah and so, you know what's funny i'll re i'll tell you this one thing so people often what people don't know don't realize people judge me for stories that i run and for stories that i don't run and stories that i don't run sometimes hurt even more like if I show you my DMs, it's insane. People will text me. It's like, why didn't you call? Like, I'll give you one. 
Why don't you call out Heath Hicks? He's your buddy. You know, he lost the judgment. Why don't you call him out? I'm like, guys, I'm getting freaking judgments every single day. If I do that every day, that's going to be like my full-time job. I'm not willing. <laughs> I set up a precedent. I'll pick, like, I want to run a story so people know there's a media company and you can get call up. And I think that drives the behavior. Adam Sand said it best. He said, every time I do something, I'm like, would Dimitri call me out for this? Like, I'm, I'm like this person. Well, right? they're afraid. People are people are afraid. Not, not even afraid. Yeah. They, they're thinking about it. Like, if, I, if, if I do this... Would Dimitri, like, so I want to, and I like it. I like that being kind of standard. But here's the thing. When I don't run a story, people judge me. It's like, hey, why don't you do that? Why don't you call out Heath Hicks? And my answer to it is, listen, this is my channel. You have the same, like, maybe you have lesser audience, but you have a phone. You have YouTube is free. Facebook is free. If you know the information, if you're so bold and think that, like, let's say Heath Hicks deserves to be called out, go make a video about it. Why do you well, it feels like you just did that. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with it. Like, and I can I can mention it. I, I love Heath Hicks and I've seen the articles and stuff, but I don't have to run every story. But see, the, the thing is people will call me out for stories I run, for the stories I don't run, you know, for everything. People will judge you no matter what you do, you will be judged. So you might as well do what you feel is right. We know you were, we know you owned a roofing company. I don't think that's a secret. Um, I think that a lot of your audience, you know, I've been to your conference. I see the people that comment in your Facebook group. You know, it seems like a lot of the contractors that follow you um, are similar to you. And like, they're like that underdog story, right? They're like, they're, they're having to fight through the, through the hard battle to become successful. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background. You know, you mentioned you grew up in Russia. I don't know if you mentioned that, but obviously it's pretty obvious with the little, you still got that little, you still got that little Siberian twang, you know, tell us about, um, like your past. Tell us about the stories from, from, from Russia. Tell us what it was like to, to move over here. Give me a little bit of background on that. So I grew up very poor, oldest of seven kids. Um, when I graduated high school, we still lived in one bedroom apartment with seven siblings. In Siberia. In Siberia, seven siblings. What's poor? Describe poor, because poor is relative. Like very poor. Like um, I was sharing actually today. So in Russia, back in the day, today is probably a little bit different. So people drink uh, beer in bottles, right? Like mm -hmm. less. You can collect those bottles, wash them, and there is a exchange place. So when I grew up, number one revenue stream for bombs on the street so the poor people like bombs homeless they would go pick up like people in russia in siberia at least at that time they drink and they drop bottles everywhere so it's mess like you go through the city garbage places uh parks like pretty much you have uh beer bottles 10 beer bottles empty glass bottles would uh, if you turn them in it's enough to buy one loaf of bread so as a 12, 13-year-old kid with a backpack, I would go garbage place to garbage place, parks. Like pretty much you have your routine. You know where people drink beers and you collect them. But I was competing with the homeless people in my town. I knew all the homeless people. Like I, Who was I, scrappier? Exactly. Well, the homeless people were scrappier than the poor people? or Well, homeless people, they still need money. So there's no government support. How stuff. are you homeless in Siberia? Isn't it really cold there? Yeah, but uh, well... You have concrete buildings, oh, okay. so you live like in the right. basement. Oh, okay. the, you know, All right, I got like, you. But anyway, so not so, freezing cold yeah, outside. That'd be dead, right? Yeah. Typical story for me from those years. I would get and save enough money from beer bottles, and I would buy my sister a hat. She didn't have a hat. Twenty-five rubles. My dad was always gone, and my dad was working, but they would pay you like 
six months, once a year, like my sometimes a year and a half, he wouldn't get paid. And you'd be doing articles, you'd be doing stories on that on that company, wouldn't you? Well, that's that's my background. So my mom would go to those bosses, try to like beat them freaking up. My mom would walk into big oil boss and say, "I'm a mother of seven. If I get in your face right now with this class, th they will not get me off you. I'll mess you up." I'm not living without money and no one will send me to jail because of mother of seven. I'm a condition of affection. You better pay my husband. So my mom was borrowing money. was going office to office to trying to get paid. And my dad for months at a time was, you know, uh, miles and miles away working on the oil rigs, like with the dump trucks. And I was the oldest. So I had to take care of, you know, I mean, we were very poor. Like it, it was like how much money, like in American dollars, would your dad make in a year? I mean, at that time, ballpark, just to give everyone a little sense of, I mean, a hundred dollars a month at that time. I mean, we're talking about like, uh, late nineties, early two thousand. That's not that long ago, man. <laughs> yeah. Per year, maybe like five grand a year, 10 grand a year, 200 bucks wow. per month was like very good salary. Wow. So, and your mom was tough as nails, it sounds like. 100%. What about I'm, your dad? Like, what's your dad like? He, Hard-working man, um, work all his life, provide for the family, but yeah. You think your mom's tougher, though? Yeah, she's a general. She she has no limits. She has no filters. I'm a fighter, more like my mom. I grew up with her. But I'll give you one uh, story. I was in university. I'm a uh, thousand miles away. I'm in university. This man was uh, hired my dad a year and a half uh, later, him and 20 people who work under my dad did not get paid. The guy runs for mayor of the city. My mom is like, this is messed up. Call the news. So go to his apartment and pretty much buy code and say like, call the news company, say my family goes in a strike. My family will not eat until this bullshit happens in our town because he owes like so many people money and uh, I mean, I'm talking about big money. So they're building like big bridge and stuff. And uh, I'm in my university, thousand miles away. And it goes, the story goes on the news in the regional news. My dean called me and said, Dimitri, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, fine. My family did not call me. They did not want me to know. It's like, we've seen your family in the news. I'm like, what the heck? So I called them up. My sister is like, don't worry, we're eating. This is just for the cameras. And that guy did not get elected because I mean, he was a douchebag, but in Russia, the reason they don't pay because they collect, they invest the money, and then they run for like mayor office, very corrupt. And my mom literally called the news and say like, this is BS, this is not gonna happen and give him like negative coverage. How do you think, how do you think that, watching all that when you're a kid, adolescent, you know, in Russia, watching the way the news is, the corruption, how do you think that transfers over to the way you act today? And when you called that guy a douchebag, do you think anybody's ever called you a douchebag over here? For what? I don't know. I mean, uh, listen. I'm I've curious. Been, I've, I've been in business for 15 years. You cannot find one person that I... If I call someone out, I, I promise you this. I have a moral right and like to do so. And I'll explain. I don't give marriage advice i don't give any like if i don't feel like i'm good example in that area i'm not going to talk about it right so i know i've never let anyone not getting paid and i've been in business for 15 years i will sell my car i will sell 
freaking personal items, but I will get you paid. That's why I'm sensitive to it. So those stories affected me because I know how it feels for me stealing from hardworking people is one of the biggest sins in life, especially people who have kids. I mean, and I help those people a lot today. So for me, it's not acceptable, but I can call it out because I've never done it. And I get that, and that's fine for those types of people. But you also sometimes, again, take liberties where I feel like you're calling out other people, not necessarily for stealing money or not paying people, but it's that same type of drama or that same type of pressure it's like that it, it's a, it's almost comes across with the same type of attitude right like when you do the stories on manufacturers or dis- distribution or and so like i think that's where kind of like the lines are blurred because we're not used to in america someone like you right especially in the roofing industry and so it really you kind of stick out which i think is good for the attention part um you know there's double-edged swords but back to to your family in russia what i i know that um I know you got your brother over here. I remember that story. And I met your brother when I was in Minneapolis. You said you were seven kids, right? And so there's five other kids. Where, where, where are they all at? Is everybody here now? Is everybody? So st- my brother is here to my younger sisters. So three youngest are here and three other sisters are still over there. How'd you get here? Um, through program. It was like summer program. So pretty much come here for four months, work in the summer camp, uh, Wisconsin, Ajibwa, pretty much kitchen staff get paid like 1500 bucks for three months worth of work and then go back. But except I didn't want to go back. When I left, I said, I'm not coming back. So I have a round trip. So I have a ticket back. And uh, I told them, told my family, I told uh, everybody in my university, I am not coming back. And they're like, what are you going to do there? I'll figure it out. I didn't know friends. I didn't know family. I didn't have anyone here. And uh, after the summer camp uh, in Wisconsin, you have extra months to travel, came to Chicago. I slept in a car for the first month, uh, couldn't afford anything, ran out of money, got a first job, $6 an hour, daily department, and the rest is history. What year was that? 2005. Wow. So 17 years ago. And uh, later got married. My wife is Russian, but she's been here longer. She been here since 1999 all her family is here and uh, married her got five kids later five businesses five kids living the american dream (laughs) wow what's last question on russia what's the worst thing that you ever seen over there what's the worst experience that you ever had whether it was a kid or as an adolescent like what is i've seen people killed uh like i lived in uh, like the town i went to college it was very like it was two people stabbed that year, like two taxi drivers got like killed with the knives. It was very typical. I came to United States with a big scar on my face, like like Scarface, like Tony Montana. Yeah, like if my roommate goes like to grocery store and not back in fifteen minutes, I go after him. So like we uh, we lived in on an eighth floor. You know, you can go down to a grocery store, come back, and you see like person in the uh, like. To give you the like American experience to where I went to college, like projects, like Chicago projects, very similar, Mm. big buildings, a lot of movements, drugs, you know, fighting. That's kind of like Russian versions of projects. (laughs) Okay. So that's uh, um, you know I've been. I'll give you example. I would be running like I was always in sports. I would be running like six in the morning, just like you know you run on the street. And on the other side of the street would be like three or four guys like drinking. 
And they're like, hey, are you in sports? And like th- started throwing rocks at you. Wow. I mean, who? The, and I remember like, who the heck would throw rocks at a person who just runs by? But like, that's, <laughs> that's my student years. You can just do nothing, mind your own business, running on the streets and six in the morning and people throw rocks at you. Like <laughs> you don't experience that here, but it was brutal. How long did it take for you to like kind of, I don't know, get under your feet while you're over here in America. Um, you know, when did you start the roofing company? Did, did YouTube come first before the, the roofing company or did you start roofing and then say, I got to be on YouTube or YouTube. so about three years. So when I, when I moved here, I still had three years left in the university. I told everyone I'm going to spend three years in the United States, figure out what I want to do. Like as far as like trades, like I did not know if I'm going to be a trade. Like I did not know what to do, but I gave myself three years to pick a, a profession. And after three years, I, I realized it's gonna be construction. So I've done cabinets, I've done tile, bathroom remodeling, I worked for builders and stuff. Um, 2013, I moved from Atlanta, Georgia to uh, Minneapolis and I started a roofing company. And uh, in 2014, um, 13, 14, I started a YouTube channel for that roofing company. As a matter of fact, my first viral videos was all roofing related. And the reason is, for YouTube channel, I didn't have money to advertise. It was just pure research. Like I realized how much traffic I can get to my website. I, I built my first website and I start YouTube channel. And my goal was to have a YouTube video for every page of my website. And it worked, they did miracles. I never have problems with the leads from the day one. I did $900,000 in sales first year, 1.3 second, then 2.5, 3.9, keep growing from there. But leads are always been there for me. Uh, organic content, YouTube, Facebook, Angels list back in the day. That's how I grew. That's how I built that baby. Now, you started that in 2014, you signed? 13. 13. And when did you, you sold your company? When did you sell 2020. it? 2020. So yep. you did roofing for seven years as yep. a company. Yep. Um, so I started my company in 2015. It's so a little bit after yours. Um, what was the hardest part of starting a roofing company and like trying to get it past like, you know, $3 million in revenue. Personal development. I think it's, uh, I was trying to do everything by myself. I did not know how to sell. I didn't know how to hire people, trust people, hire very first sales rep. And after two weeks, he was claiming $60,000 in sales commissions. I'm like, based on what numbers, like sales guys are so delusional. We, we, we split fine, but, uh, fighting salespeople and just growing it. Like I've, I follow Rodney Webb after like two years because I, okay. I hit like 1.3, 1.5. I'm like, I need help. I need a mentor. And I follow Rodney Webb everywhere. Like, you know, if I see Rodney Webb in town, like I fly there and like I, I, I was soaking in all the knowledge I could get and delegate, like figure out this game because I knew I can't do it all. So that was the hardest. And so, and you said you did like 900, 1.1, what was the 1.3, then we did two point, after Rodney Webb, I think third year we did 2.5 and then we jumped to 3.9 and was cruising like four to five. That's cool. Everybody always wants to know. That's when, when I was doing research for the show, that was one of the most popular questions. How much revenue did Dimitri really do? And there's a lot of controversy out there because some guys think that you only did 1 million. Some guys think you did 3 million. You say you did 5 million. I, I you have, know? Listen, I have 500 people visited my shop. So I started doing classes in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember Gino told me about yeah. that. 
So they came in like, and I never charged people. Like they literally first class, fifty people. I show my QuickBooks. They met my team. What was beautiful about Storm Group that company was operating without me. And I tell everyone like. I was forced to do that. Like demand for education was so big. That's how online roofing school was born. So people were DMing me like, how do you do? And when I showed them like, guys, like we were getting like 1600 leads per year. That's a lot of leads. And I would show people, I think 2018 numbers was like clear profit was like $270,000, which is 7%. But that's after roofing insights expenses. Without roofing insights, we'd be like 12, 13%. And I did 10 classes. So 10 times. 40, 50 people flew to Minneapolis, met my team, my supplementer, my like, you know, if anybody would call me fake or anybody would call me that it's not legit, like I have like 500 people who would go defend myself and say, no, this is real. We've seen his company. Like, and, but what I liked about it that we didn't have high turnover. Those guys, those sales reps, they were working for me, you know, for years. They were making, you know, 80 to 100, like I pay my GM $120,000. I pay, I pay people anywhere from 80 to $120,000 a year. That's a good salary. I mean, I remember myself making like 60, $70,000, you know, and now you pay someone 80 grand and it's a salary, not even based on performance. Yeah. I love it. So, you know, my tech guys worked for me for five years. It was very steady, like my goal was always and maybe it's because of my childhood to have a paycheck on friday when i work for someone this is how i start in my business i work for a builder in atlanta the guy files bankruptcy very sad story didn't pay me for a couple of weeks he owed me like 3500 bucks and that's at the time should have stuck your mom on him <laughs> So no, I, I was I was cool. Like I was actually friendly. I settled for like fifteen hundred bucks. Wish him the best. I still would meet him today. Go for lunch. Like I understand the hardship. But the guy lost everything, um, filed bankruptcy. I came home and I told my wife, I will never work for anyone else. I'm gonna go on my own. And I never did. It was two thousand eight or two thousand nine. And I always wanted just to have solid paycheck. As a matter of fact. For the next 15 years, me being a business owner, every Friday, I pay myself the same amount. So if it's 1000 bucks every Friday, is like I don't care if it's, I have $150,000 in account. If we go on vacation stuff, I'll write me $5,000, I don't bonus, and we'll go on vacation. But my wife, to this day, gets a salary check every Friday. Doesn't matter what Roofing Insights does, doesn't matter what Directory does. I mean, my salary grew from like, thousand dollars a week in 2013 to $2,200 a week in 2018. Now I have five kids. I have yeah. a little bit bigger house and 2200 bucks. I mean, I'm transparent. I make 150,000 a year. That's a good salary for me, but I pay people well. I have very good lifestyle. I'm with the kids all the time. Friday paycheck is always there. You give 10% to the God, you save 10%. It's a good lifestyle. And if someone says like, no, you could do more, you're like, no, you, you don't have to. You, you reinvest in yourself. I never forget where I come from. In 2013, I have one vehicle and I pay myself thousand bucks a week. Yeah. So now I have, and people always say, how can I become like, you know, I have like four trailers stolen in like five years, like gutter trailer or regular trailers. And I said, well, because I remember when I have Volkswagen jet and nothing else. I mean, you can come and steal everything from me and tomorrow I'm going to go and rebuild it. Like that, I cannot control it. That cannot control my emotion. 
it'll piss me off if you did not sweep these floors because you could sweep the floors. That pisses me off. Mm -hmm. But if you steal my trailer and my tools, I cannot fix it. I cannot control it. I'll file a report, but I'm not going to dwell on it because I'll tell, I remember one time we have two vans and they broke locks on the back and they wiped it off. Like all the very expensive Milwaukee tools, drills, nail guns, $15,000 worth of tools. My guy's like spitting crazy. Like, and I'm like, guys, we have a couple work orders. We have three weeks worth of repairs to do like backlog. Go to Home Depot. Like you, you have a credit card. Go to Home Depot, buy the tools you need for today. And I remember my general manager said, like, how can you be so calm? And I was like, because I have a job to do. I can't fix it. Like, I, you know, I still have to make money and we're going to rebuild it. So, so you're paying yourself a salary, which I think is pretty good. That's what I do. You know, I, I, I pay myself a salary. I like that steady paycheck coming in. Um, you know, and then whatever's left over is what we call profit, right? Um, what were those profit? You know, everyone talks about revenue going up. Did the profit go in that same line or like what? Give me some ideas of, of like the profit was left over the net profit. It really depends. Like I just remember like the first three years when I started YouTube channel for Roofing Insights, Storm Group Roofing, my roofing company gave birth to Roofing Insights. So I decided to, decided to separate it. I got an office in downtown, $2,000 a month office. I hired full-time videographer what year was that 2018 okay so kind of in the middle of your roofing ownership career five yeah, years gotcha. yep so uh, now i have overhead i have expense of course i would use labor like my video guy would do yeah both yeah exactly. i'm kind of the same way right now so yeah it's like <laughs> but because of that i have seven percent net profit yeah so we did like two hundred seventy thousand dollars profit but you were investing year. in a roofing insights with the it, same money exactly yeah, yeah exactly. kind of like what big fish is doing with my pocket yeah it's and 20, I get it. in 2020 i saw i actually did a big pay, pay cut if you think about it so i sold my roofing company in how 2020. much Everybody wants to know that too. How much you sell the roofing company for? With all this talk of private equity <laughs> and all this talk about, you know, because you were one of the first ones that sold a roofing company probably that so we know about. I sold uh, it to my general manager. So I didn't sell it. Like I could get way more. It's just um, a number. How much did you get? I'll put it this way. I didn't have to work for like maybe three, four years. Like I could live with, like I could retire. And 150 times four. <laughs> so 600,000? I'm not going to share the number just i mean that's a that's a probably the right number it, it doesn't matter how much well, i sold it i know but that's a I, I would, but, but, I, we're, I, but we're business people and actually it does matter i think because so, at the end of the day we're in business to like turn a profit and if we want to sell something we want to make money me, so how much did you sell for, for me it was a strategic decision told me i could ask you anything <laughs> you did say i could ask you anything and i don't have to answer everything you sure don't <laughs> you sure don't all right so here's what i did i sold the company to start to go because when I sold it, Roofing Insights was not profitable. I did not monetize, didn't make single dollar from yeah. it. Here's what I did. I came to my very first sponsor, Job Nimbus. And for at that point Hey I, Job Nimbus, you gotta pay me for that name drop, by the way. So look, uh, at that point I've been promoting Job Nimbus for a couple of years because I was a user. I'm on Aculinks, by the way. And, and I knew that Job Nimbus was getting a lot of business from me, right? So I came to them and say, for five thousand dollars a month, if you sponsor my show, I'll do this, this, and this. So I did like a media kit. And they agreed. It was like the greatest. You always remember your first sponsor you remember your first roof sold or probably you remember exactly. your first sponsorship. Exactly. Sold? So my revenue, I mean, think about it. you're doing five million a year like you know yeah. a year and now you go to five thousand dollars i did not know how to monetize roofing so you think roofing is stuff go open youtube channel try to figure that out there's no books there's no i mean there are people who can kind of guide you but it was a new thing 
but you have expenses, you have everything. And so I did about a million dollars in sales at the Roofing Insights uh, on the year two, I believe. So what, so 19 st- or 20? Yeah. Tw- yeah. Uh, no, it was after I sold the company, 2021. Oh, so 20, oh okay. Really, so after what, COVID? Yeah, yeah 2020 okay. is where I go full time. Gotcha. So I'm like brand new in this. Because you, you were kind of doing videos for homeowners basically to get leads, right? Like, but yeah. you were also then making content kind of for roofers as well. It's a dual audience. Yeah. So I serve both homeowners and contractors. Well, that's when you got in all the trouble with GAF, right? Can't talk about that. Seriously? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, see, I, I, I was still work. I was still head down working back in 2018, 19. Yeah. So I don't really know about all that stuff. All I do know is that I'm a GAF master league contractor. I love GAF, but so you're not actually allowed to talk about it due to legal reasons. Uh, legal reasons can't talk about GAF. Are you allowed to say the word? You must be allowed to say GAF. I mean, we can review the product there. Uh, actually, we... I saw a product video that you did maybe a year ago that you rated them 4.5 or 4.5 yeah, stars. Yeah, they're, they're of, in our shingle guide. As I was surprised like, to see that because I was like, is he allowed to do that? I, I, I can't single them out, but as long as it's like... Like, for example, if you weigh the shingles, like I cannot single out the GAF. Let's put gotcha. it that way. Was that in the actual like letter that you guys did well you, that, that's did, the agreement did you that's, guys settle yeah we settled gotcha and you're so, probably you're probably and you love those like cease and desist legal things it seems like right like is that do you think gaf put you on the map as far as a content creator do you think you needed that like that was like your that was like your coming out moment right i don't know i think so i mean i when i look back and i studied this and i interviewed a lot of people before i did this show i was thinking about it i was like Man, some people can either like, you know, hit the lottery and make it big or somebody can like go and like have a big failure or like some type of controversy. And it seems to me, as far as content goes, that was the piece of spicy content. And I don't even know what it was. I just know that like, you know, I'm sure the videos got taken down. I'm sure well, that you're not. Arnold just has like, when you, when someone tells you, you cannot do something as a great motivator. And I'm like that. If someone comes after me and say, you can't do that, you can't like... If someone challenges me, like I'm a fighter. Like if I believe that what I do is right, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna stand up. Many people will not do that piece of content, will not even go. And for me, it's like, no, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna. And I think that's what made my name, just accepting the fight, fighting it. Not only with that, but like, you know, I have several fights like that. Being <laughs> bold. Yeah, I know, but that was the first one, right? Being bo- is there a time limit on that? Like, is there like a, an expiration date of like when you will be able to like share that information or talk more about it or maybe make a video about I'll it? I'll put it this way. We settled with the JF for good. Uh, I've learned a lot of uh, lessons from my mistakes. I definitely made mistakes in that case. How like I would not approach it the same way as I approached it back then. Mm. Uh, I look at JF differently. Good uh, or bad? When you say differently, I don't know. I think it was a lot personal for me. It was a very personal, uh, I took it personally. Mm. But, and uh, I also I also was puzzled about the whole, like corporate America. Like you always hear like uh, America runs on lawyers, right? And sometimes people sue in America just because they can. And even right now, like Lee Hate, you know, he serves me with a cease and desist. I'm pretty sure we will talk about it. But for me... Like, I love America for freedom of speech. I love that you can do, I mean, like in Russia, you cannot say bad thing about president. Here, you can go say F Biden 
And we're not, not going to go to jail, but you could like, but like when you do something like that in business, though, I mean, you, there could be a, a money consequence for it. I mean, of course, like, of course. So that's what freedom means in America. You're just not going to go to jail for your speech. <laughs> yes, but, but, <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not going to have to pay in business business but, court. But you still, you still should be able to review products, and as long as it's like opinion, you can share your opinion, right? Yeah, again, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, um, I would not say I'm a professional. I would say I'd like to create content, but I probably don't know enough about I mean, that. Th you, th probably about you probably learned a lot of lessons is what you're saying. But th think about like Elon Musk, Tesla. Mm -hmm. So uh, Wall Street Journal wants to review Tesla and it breaks on them. And they put Tesla on the tow truck and put it on the fr front page. Like this is the result of our Tesla test drive. What do you think Elon Musk think about it? Like it's hard. It's like shit. I gave them a car to test, and now it's it's a bad publicity. Sure, but they have the right to do it. You can't. Elon Musk cannot just go. Sure. Through. So you have to like. But there's got to be there's got to be a way that you're doing it, and I guess uh, almost like a scientific controlled environment to where there's a little bit there's like rules of the there's rules of engagement. Maybe you, you're the consumer. And well, you obviously aren't. It, you weren't able to do it, and you obviously settled, and there's obviously an issue. So like something happened. It's different. It's so let me explain not only about JF, but own scoring, they all have the same clauses. So in the roofers, and this is my problem with the roofing industry in general, roofers have agreements with a, let, let's talk about own scoring. Own scoring has it. So as installer, let's say you're platinum installer for OC, you have agreement with OC, mm -hmm. not to, like, it, let's say your roof fails. Mm -hmm like major failure mm -hmm. in that agreement there is going to be a clause that you cannot talk about it you cannot make a video about it you can't uh, imagine if you're you know if toyota breaks down on you and you know like on the highway and like like you should be able to talk to write a review about it but as an installer who signed the agreement with the manufacturer you can't make any content because it's going to be disparaging to but the you, brand. But you signed that and you entered if, you entered into that agreement. How many people know about it? But that doesn't matter. You signed an agreement. Why are you signing agreements that you don't read? I agree. I agree. I mean, come on, man. I, I agree. <laughs> We're but, in business. But, but I agree. But that's the problem that many right. don't realize what they can and cannot do. But I also can tell you, sometimes those manufacturers, here's the one story for you. A roofer does apartment complex. Major failures, files a claim. He is not certified. The rep comes out, is like, we're going to take care of it, but I need you to sign this paperwork, make you certify. And the referee's like, heck no, I'm not signing it. You're going to pay for it regardless. So manufacturers playing the game, making you sign. We don't We don't know that, so we can't. We, we, we do I know. don't know that, I don't. So. I'm telling you right now. I'm just saying. I I'm feel, telling I feel you like that's, that's I know, but like that's, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that based on, that, that's one story, right? So whatever. Well, we're we're going to move on. From, when, when, you, when you say that. We, we don't sign if you don't know. I'm telling you, if roofers knew the fine print, and this is my job, I've educated roofers. But that's type. like Facebook when you when you go to say I want to use Facebook and like you know all the, like the stuff that's on there and all the 100%. user agreements. So click here and, and and we're in a speed economy where we don't actually we're just clicking buttons to get to the next thing because we're like we're jonesing for like you know what's next behind what's what's next behind that button you know. Well, I'll put it this way: not everything that big corporations put on the fine print can be in fine print. That's why Google, that's why Facebook pays millions of fines to some countries. <laughs> and if one of the reasons I've been hating as much because when you put, bring it up, those corporations can be investigated and those contracts can be challenged. I'm just saying. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. 
Let's talk. Let's let's pivot a little bit to the roofing school because I feel like that was your probably your next move. Kind of like, did you start that after you sold your company? Did you have that going while you had your company? I, I had the company. I know you were doing trainings and you're having yeah, people yeah. over, and that was kind of good. It was right about the same time towards the end of it. I think it started in 2019. I feel like it's weird because like I have that same type of heart, like where I want to like help other entrepreneurs and contractors. There's been a lot of um, contractors here in the Pittsburgh area where I'll invite them over. We'll you know do some trainings together. Um, when did you first realize that like, wow, like this is like, this is needed. This is a service. I can make money doing this. Like, when did you figure all that out? 2018, 2019, when I started, I started doing pretty much even to this day, I do a lot of free content, but demand for paid is so great. Like I give it like, um, I talked to a contractor in Seattle. He said he started his business six, seven years ago and he pretty much watched all of my videos, company stories, everything. And he applies it. He said it's so deep, so big, like no one does it. Like you do it, like you don't ask for sales. You just share the knowledge. And then when you do that, some stuff you can't share on Facebook, like let, so, uh, on YouTube, if I come to you and I say, how much you pay your sales guys? You're probably not going to be comfortable to share it on YouTube. But if it's private, if it's password protected, like online school, now we can do that. You know, when it's your Facebook group, everybody asks almost every day. What do we pay sales guys? Exactly. But, <laughs> but in the roofing school, we have content like that. So yeah. I separated and say, guys, like 49 bucks a month. You can learn all of that like a little bit deeper. And I started doing actually two versions. Like I would go to Apple Roofing and I would do 45 minute Apple Roofing interview or story on YouTube. And then I would do like one hour, like extra 15 minutes with a secret information for a roofing school. So like full behind the scenes content. And if you want to know how much Apple Roofing pays their guys or their numbers, now you have access to it. So that's like, I needed a channel to protect the companies I'm going to because I wasn't getting paid by, you know, by going to Apple Roofing. I was not charging them, but I was sharing information with others and demand was so big. People would, you know, people started offering me money to talk to me back in 2018. It's like, hey, can I pay 200 bucks for like one hour of your time? I have a couple of questions because if you, if you arrived where people are trying to go, you know, you're with a shortcut. They want to talk to you. I'm like, sure. So roofing school was born what did you like better so you had the roofing company you had the youtube thing going a little bit you had uh, the roofing school like at that point in time like right around let's just say covid 2020 what did what did you like the best so i'm a teacher by like ever since i was a 13 year old kid i always wanted to teach and I, actually in my family two of my sisters become a teachers and uh history major was like you know i, I was gonna be history teacher in school and uh, now I teach roofers. Like I still teach. I love uh, like whether I get paid or don't get paid, it doesn't matter. Then why charge them? Huh? Then why charge them? Well, you have to make a living, right? So, so but but we have a roofing but, company. You're making a bunch of money with your roofing company. You're starting to get paid a little bit off of YouTube, little sponsorships. You, ha you have to there. pivot. Like you sometimes in life, you see the clear direction. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger book, Total Recall, and Arnold says it best, like there's a, a journey on, um, his journey on Netflix. You know, Arnold first became bodybuilder and then he won all the titles. He was like, what's next? Now he become a uh, um, Hollywood actor, and then later governor. Sometimes you go, what's next? I felt personally in my roofing business that I achieved it all. It was like, it's not like I lost the drive, 
but I figured it out. I know the business. I at that point it didn't matter to me to build a hundred million dollar company, fifty million dollar company. If I knew if I put effort, if that's what I want, I could do it. Because if you run five sales reps and do five million a year, you can run fifty uh, sales reps and do fifty million. It just it's a numbers game. I mean, you can give it ten years. Let's oh, say. okay, good. But, but if if you if you Phew. If you if you go all in and you can figure, I mean, once you start going to companies you're like, oh, that's how they do it. But my problem was I did not see my future. I did not see myself. It wasn't my vision. What do you say to all these guys now in Facebook world that are like those who can't do teach, you know, and like because there's a lot of there's a lot of haters out there, right? That course. say like, oh, Dimitri, he never grew a company past five million. He's teaching everybody else how to do it. And what do you say to that? It's Again, you have to know me. Like people, you need to understand, like I'm not a money-driven person, never been. Like for me, I have a paycheck on Friday, like cars don't motivate me, Ex expenses, like I don't know what, like even if I have million dollars right now, like in a bank sitting like as a bonus, whatever, like I don't know what to do. Like I'm not gonna go and spend it all. I'm not gonna start going on vacation. And, like I truly enjoy the hard work. Like I'm a mission-driven person. And when you're a mission-driven person, you do what satisfies you. Otherwise, you're gonna get depressed. Other like, when I start making money, you you could make more money, but you you have to do what satisfies you. And for me, when I do YouTube video, like for example, we just filmed the news uh, here. By the way, thank you for your office for that. Invoice it, coming. It gives me like, and it was like that even when I was running my roofing company. I could be driving. To my office with a hundred thousand dollar checks in my pocket no emotions like we signed a deal like well that's because you grew up in the middle of nowhere in siberia i didn't have anything and we grew up in america where like that's all they talk about it's money money yeah. money but, but look, look look if no emotions but then i would make youtube content like youtube video how to open a company and i would have goosebumps like when when you help a person when i help another immigrant to go from being a tradesman to start a company, to set up a QuickBooks, set up CRM, whatever, I know his life is gonna be changed. When you take that journey, you can't compare it to anything. Like it's like when you have a teacher's heart, like teachers are the most, in all countries, are the poorest people among all intelligence, right? So like like smart people, like doctors make money, lawyers make money, teachers never make money. But they're as educated and as smart. But it just when you pour our some people, some most people think that teachers are not deserved to to have like hundred fifty thousand dollars salary. And teachers, if you look at the salary, like forty thousand dollars for what they do, it's crazy. I go to see teachers who pour hearts into my kids. And I almost feel bad. I almost want to tip them. I always want to we'll like, get them a Christmas present. That's I, what they want. A little Starbucks card. We will. We will. But you get the idea. So for me, mm -hmm. I was not satisfied. Like for me, like running a roofing company. Do you guys believe this, by the way? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And I want you to tell me right now, do you believe all this stuff this guy's saying right now? Because there's a lot of controversy out there. We're going to get to that. 
We have a topic about Lee Hate coming up. Sure. We have this new spicy video about distribution and all the suppliers sure. and that greedy video with that crit. Where did you get that image of that big guy with like money and like, is that a stock photo? I don't know. It's just my. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't I know, man. That was that, gra- that, that graphic designer, I think, caught everybody's attention. But <laughs> I want to know what you guys think so far. We're going to get into some other stuff. But back to the teaching, one last question on this. Who are some of the best coaches, trainers, teachers that you respect in our roofing industry? right now i like jim johnson uh, i like adam bensman i love sam taggart um he's more in the door knocking side like those uh john scenic is amazing um there's i mean there's there's plenty there's plenty of guys in their own category i'm going to vince perry event he's a public adjuster he is a great guy i mean there's a lot of good events but i think top adam bensman john scenic uh jim johnson very humble very like uh, like i love rodney webb anything rodney webb also very controversial but i love everything rodney webb same thing did you, t- did you take the book with all the pictures in it yeah yeah i remember seeing a uh, rodney webb heart james hardy and i was like man no rodney I, webb is i the said best. i said to be able to pull that off like what he does in the home i mean like yeah it's I, not it's not for everybody that's for sure it's not for everybody <laughs> he's controversial but rodney webb is for me top on the line who's your favorite marketer in the uh, roofing industry or who's some of your top marketers that you think are uh... i don't follow marketers in the roofing industry though i don't i i go elsewhere i always tell people i drink and eat outside of the industry and i pour back so i don't go like i go to other country content marketing world mm-hmm. uh youtube conferences and stuff you know people like gary v i follow like uh, alex uh, you know harmozy uh, so I go to other conferences. He gave me acquisition.com hat too. This is for him. There you go, buddy. Love it. All right. So what does, what drives your decision to make content? Like, are you, I got a question from somebody and they're like, does being the righteous white knight uh, or the number of views and followers that you can get, like what's more important to you being the, the righteous white knight or the number of views and followers that you can get? Like what's, what drives it for you? It's, it's truly supply and demand. So like Marco Sheridan has a book, they ask you answer. So I pay attention to the conversation. I always create a videos that I know my audience wants to watch. So like I always think about, you know, what people want like this week, like what's trending. Like I'm always on top, like I'm reading, I'm watching a lot. So for me, like video has to be born. You don't do videos like, as a matter of fact, calling out people and do controversy never gets likes. Like if you want to views and likes, you will do like my top videos are my guides, like uh, product reviews and stuff like that. So those are everlasting videos. If I want to views, I will make more of those because when you call someone out, let's say like Joshua Waxman is a crook, that video has a potential of 10,000 views. But it's important video to make today to stop that guy from, you know, screwing contractors or like website company that goes around, doesn't deliver services. Right. So for me, it's trending right now. Everybody's talking about this company, people begging to make content about it, and I'm going to make content about it. So for me, it's never about attention, but it's always about being relevant and just, you know, when you committed to do three, four pieces of content per week, you have to be relevant, and that's the most important thing. We do do a lot of volume, especially 
for people in the roofing industry. You know, I mean, like, you know, Gary V says, well, I'll make 75 pieces of content a day. Well, I mean, that's like a full-time that's job with 28,000 people working for you, but you do do a lot of content. What, what are some of your biggest milestones as a YouTuber? I mean, 100,000 subs were a big milestone. How long did it take to get you to 1,000? Like a year. Yeah. And then how long did it get you to 10,000 after that? A couple of years, probably. Yeah. Like, I don't remember all the yeah, journey, I'm just but curious. it took us like yeah. five years to get to. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm always super curious about YouTube because um, unfortunately, because I had my head down, um, I didn't catch that YouTube uh, wave. Like I was more Facebook. Um, I feel like YouTube was a little bit before Facebook and I just, I was busy working and surviving. So I didn't really get the YouTube thing. So I'm still trying on YouTube. So if you could help me out, subscribe on my YouTube channel, would be great. Um, who's some of the people that you admire in content creation, whether it's, you know, you know, like in all industries, you know, and you, you mentioned Gary and Alex Ramosi, but like yeah. who else from back in the day, maybe that inspired you to get started. Johnny Harris does a lot of very cool, uh, documentaries. I actually, I love, um, uh, true crime videos. Like I love those stories, like how they tell them 60 minutes. I watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, another one, what's the name of it? Um, it'll come back to me in a second. Oh, I, I like like, like CNBC, like I like newsy, but investigative, like American Greed, one of my yeah. favorite shows. I got you. Like, I, I, it shows, I mean, definitely in your content. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Who, do you, who do you think your content appeals to? Like, who's your audience? Like specifically, I always talk about it. Like for years, it was uh, Nate Sweepy. So I, you do the videos <laughs> for one person. Like Nate Sweepy was my person. I switched them last. I year. just met his wife, by the way. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she yeah. is great. Leah is good. Uh, so I was in a YouTube conference uh, two years ago, and this lady said, "Like when you create content, you have to have an avatar. You make it because you can't please everyone. So you need to understand who you're making videos." So for me, it's work, hardworking person who is on social media probably a lot. Nate, you on social media <laughs> more times than you should be. Nate sent me a list of questions because I actually, oh, really? I was part of my research. I, I actually did ask Nate because I always see him comment. He's really big in your Facebook group. And he sent me a list of questions so he, like this. Would, I have some of them peppered in here. I don't know exactly which ones are he, his. He, but. he would represent my audience really well because, again, the roofing industry is big. It's like, I mean, people don't realize how big, like, you know, with the storm restoration stuff, it's a couple hundred billion dollars. It's bigger than country I was born in. Like, mm -hmm. the GPD of country I was born in is like $100 billion. Like, the roofing industry is bigger than that. So it's a huge industry. You can't please storm chaser. You, you cannot make content for startup company and uh, you know apple roofing at the same time but you know we all like similar stuff so i'm i'm not afraid to piss someone off as long as my target audience understand and likes it like you know when i call out people do will i think will nate Schwippy like it yeah nate Schwippy likes when i call out people so i'm gonna keep doing it <laughs> all right okay so that, that's helpful um what videos have you done that you regret? Mm. I've done few very, per like I've attacked people personally. Like, like I called people like names, like it was very personal. And I've actually took them down myself. Like I show character, like my weakness. Like I did not like what I said. I regretted it. I apologize a lot. Like I have... My ego is not as big as people think. If you, if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care if you employ my wife or my listener. 
I would like I've apologized on the record for doing something and say, hey, I crossed the line, shouldn't say that. I took words back, but who are uh, some of the biggest people that we would know that you've done that with? I don't even know. I mean, I always tell people, like even like in my call out um, stories, I said like even Joshua Wexman back in the day, I said Joshua, if you figure it out, I personally will apologize to you and we'll make it right. Like actually, when I talk to them. I speak nicely. I say, listen, if we figure, oh, you know what, who? It was one guy, I did a video on him, I actually deleted the video. So the guy, this is a great example. So we put him in a magazine and uh, Mike Powers is the name. He's a contractor from Minneapolis. I call him a con artist. Uh, uh, I interviewed six sales reps who had beef with him uh, accusing him not paying them he has a couple lawsuits he lost a couple so he had to pay sales guys and uh, I've interviewed his sales reps and I run a story uh, that to surf contracting was name of the company and uh, that Mike Powers like I tried to reach him when I was doing the story he was not responsive so I aired interviews with the sales guys and it was a bad story it was obvious that he was not a good contract he was running Operate two operations, one in the North Carolina and the Minneapolis from LA. But then uh, he reached out to me and said, Can we have lunch? Can we have dinner? I'm like, Sure. So he flew from me. I met him. He shared his story. He asked me if I can take content down. We shook hands. I apologized if I came across, you know, like too aggressive on him. Uh, I love his story, like in person. Like, he, uh, you know, he was sober for like 10 years. I did not know the guy, right? And you can only, and I did reach to before, but he didn't reply. So I let other side first. And that's the problem. If someone is accusing you, the best thing you can do is to go on air and actually defend yourself, not to block the person or whatever. So I apologize to him. Yeah, but not everybody has that skill set. Not everybody was raised the same way. Some people are afraid to like. Sure. You know, fight or flight, right? You know, you like to fight. <laughs> Some people like to flight. <laughs> but when you when you are accused by your own employees, when people speak, you have to do the damage control. Because sure. if, I mean, you, if you yeah. don't reply, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about yeah. community, talking about you never look good by not replying. So Mike Powers would be one of the examples that I took the videos down. Uh, actually, I took the video down and one of the person who started, like who uh, originally shared the story, he started attacking me. Oh, like, you know, you're sold out to Mike Powers. I'm like, you think he offered me money? You're like, and now I'm a bad guy for taking the video down. I'm like, what did I do to you? But here's the thing, though. I think a lot, especially in America, you know, we think of the, the mafia, you know, the New York City crime family. We also think Russia, KGB, extortion, you know, like, and you just... I don't know. You kind of reek of that, like like sure. that mentality, because you like grew up in that, that. You grew up in that world. So like, I think that a lot of us just assume that Dimitri sometimes can be you, bought. You, you, you can uh, try find one person. Like, listen, I don't. When I run stories and stuff, or like, maybe you try to run stories to like to get. I don't know. I I don't know because I I can just see like how people sure. can think that right. That's all. And so here's the other thing I have a question about. Like, what do you say to the people that say a lot of you run a lot of videos or you know some of your suggested products or services change based on who your sponsors are? Um, because I think there's a little bit of a track record. Now I didn't go watch everything sure. and try to line it all up, but I had a few people tell me, like, ask them that question. What do you say to that? I like. 
all my sponsors for all the years. And if you're my sponsor, you know this. So I've had probably like 20 companies I work with. You can't buy me. Like my name, my reputation is all I have. Never ever. So I don't have contracts with my sponsors. It's month to month, every single time. And here's why. So most marketers, most YouTubers, they want an agreement. They want like one year, 12 months, right? I don't want it. As a matter of fact, I have returned, like even last year at a conference, uh, we have someone bought $10,000 booth at the, my event. Mm -hmm. And then they said, and then I did a video. So it was a gutter company and I did a, shing, a gutter guard guide. So they're not paying me. They do come to the event and they send me email, very nasty from marketing director. So they are in the gutter guard. They are second from the top. And I speak highly of them. I actually lift up. I said, this is great brand, you know, and I name them v v verbally, but they send me email how disappointed they are because it was not their logo. You could speak more of them. And I was like, listen, you're not paying me. The I hated the attitude. So I reply, I said, you, you don't owe me. You, I'm not in your pocket. You're not even paying me. You should be thankful for this. I don't appreciate attitude. And I expect you guys to, you know, apologize for this email. This is very offensive. They're like, no, we're not going to apologize. I said, how about this? I don't like your attitude. Uh, I'm going to send you a check for $10,000 back. I don't want you at my event. Is that the one you were talking? I remember when you said so, that last so, year. So, yeah. so think about this. Like, this is because this is the most important thing for me. And all of my, uh, <laughs> actually, I'll give you ex another example, Atlas. So Atlas has been sponsoring our show for years. They got must have, they got, they're trying to make a come up, man. There's, I see they're, they're doing like the Atlas Roadshow. They got a bunch of, they so, must have a bunch of cash. So, so check this out. So they've been sponsoring me like monthly for many, but when we have uh, people were commenting about um, class action against um, one of their products, I ran a story on it. Just because Atlas paying me or Ico is paying me, doesn't. Yeah. I feel like roofers or roofing manufacturers are used to class action lawsuits. All, I mean, just like you are used to cease and desist letters. All my sponsors <laughs> know that if they have a problem with their roofer, I'm going to be in the middle of it and I'm not going to be silent about it. And th that's what I tell to everyone. You can't, I mean, I promote the product. It's like what comes first. If I believe in, I only work with the brands that I love. I say no to 80% of the brands to come to me, both conference and as far as content. I don't work like, you know how many website companies come to me? You know how many marketers come to me? If I genuinely don't believe you have a good product for roofers, I'm not putting you on my website because I have to guarantee you mm. and I have to back you up. And if you have a claim, if you have a dispute with a roofer, I have to go back and serve you. That's why, like, even like Tim Brown, Tim Brown will tell you. So we work with him for a little bit. Hook agents have recommended. But if Tim Brown, hey has, Tim, I need a little paid advertisement for that, man. Do Tim, I get money for that? Come on, man. If Tim Brown has a dispute tomorrow about price, about quality, about leads, about yeah, delivery. I'm not getting enough leads on my organic website traffic, I'm, I'm man. I'm gonna get called out. I'm gonna get a call, and me, Tim, and that roofer will be like, because what? I, and guess what? If I, 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 I recommend Jap Nimbus, if, if someone signs Jeez, up with a Jap there's Nimbus, another plug. I, and I, if they, if they where's, the, where's the money at, man? <laughs> if they hate it, it always comes back at me. So like I'm type of the, well, that's like, easy to do because most roofers don't even know how to use a CRM. So like, <laughs> can people, you even people, imagine? none of my vendors can control me or buy me or whatever. And I don't have contract with any one of them. I can drop them any moment. 
I'll give the money back or whatever. How much? How much? I'm always curious about this. How much does? How much do you get a check from YouTube for every month? Like actual YouTube, not brand deals, not sponsorships. Like just for views. Like is that how they pay you? Like based on how many hours of content people watch you every month? Like can you give us an idea? Like what kind of check you get with that? Because I'm always curious. I don't get paid right now. One dollar. Uh, we got demonetized recently. Wait, what happened? Uh, How's that work? Is that like a thing? Yeah, it, it is a thing. Uh, so at the peak, so the biggest check per month we have gotten was like $6,000 a month. Oh, wow. So I would say four to $6,000 a month with uh, our like size. Yeah. So well, it's like, still a lot of work to do before six grand. It's not, still not worth it. But yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't even pay. Like, How do you I, get demonetized though? We, so too much spicy content? It, no, 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 no. It's uh, We started doing reels uh, in June. Like shorts? Shorts, yeah, yeah, shorts. And the, what happened is we were recycling shorts from someone. It wasn't copyright, but it was so pretty much they. It was the weirdest thing. So they analyze our channel. They send us email say, "Hey, we're demonetizing your channel. Uh, you are using too much content that's not yours." Mm. So we were doing uh, short per day, but it was like videos from the internet and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody's doing it. Right. And for us, it was roofing-related content. Nobody yeah. filed copyright claim, but so we appealed it. So it's gonna go yeah. maybe in December. So could you just it. say I don't want to do it anymore, and they'll turn the money back on? Or are they pretty no. strict? So they made us uh, do the appeal record four minute video explain what the channel is about we did all of that and they still demonetize it until december 4th i believe so december we're gonna appeal again but for, for like three four months we couldn't do anything but they'll still let you at least make content but, so that's but, good. but youtube is not a big revenue stream it sure that's it why i was just curious because a lot, of, a lot of, i mean most of us people especially in the roofing industry we just don't know because six thousand dollars is the biggest check i've seen per month so like four to six thousand wow. that's what it and like what's mr beast getting every month because like he's like got to be the best, it's a, right? It's sixty million dollars a year for him. Wow! So he does yeah. like million bucks per week. That's wild. That's wild. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some of the good stuff. The controversy. You guys ready for this? Can we get? One yeah, let's. One? You want to take a pause? We can oh. pause. No, no, just pause. Go ahead. All right, we're gonna talk about some controversy. This is what everybody's tuning in for, right? What motivates you to be the roofing police and what motivates you to be so controversial? I don't think of myself as a roofing police. It just, uh, I, being me, I cannot ignore stories sometimes, like see something, say something like because of my position, because I know what I can do. Sometimes I feel obligated. It's when you... When you build audience, when you're in a position to help people to do something and you're not doing it, you're going to have a guilt about it. So you have to make a choice like, do I run the story or I don't run the story? Do you talk about it or you don't talk about it? And for me, it's like, all right, someone have to do it. So I feel like oftentimes I speak what everybody's thinking, what on everybody's mind. And oftentimes we get comments like, finally, someone says something about it. Because I know if I don't do it, many people would not do it, and I'm in a position to do it. 
But like obviously like drama um, and controversy gets more engagement, I think, um, especially in like the real talk. Now, I know some of those product videos, you know, sure. they're going to get plays out over time because people are doing searches and stuff. But where you get all the noise is like these spicy videos, right? How do you balance that and restrain uh, yourself from naturally leaning towards more controversial stuff just to kind of create create more hype for yourself and more and more attention? If, if you look at the numbers, numbers don't lie. People who say that all we do is like controversial videos is less than 10%. It's five to 10% max. Somebody fact check him on that. Put 100%. it in the comments if he's lying. If you if you go to our channel, if you actually watch any playlist, popular videos and stuff, you will see that. I mean, uh, here's the problem with the internet in general. Here's the problem with the content. It's like people comment and engage on negative stories more. That's why news produce more negative not positive it, because what people watch but now i blame actually the audience for that you are guilty of that more than myself or any other content creator i'll explain so when i go to let's say apple roofing like we went to capilla roofing 40 million dollar company you just want to go to hawaii come on what, man what, for, uh, you know twenty thousand dollar trip right so you go in you do 45 minutes like amazing like company who did not fire single person since 2016. you know why they have a limited population who they can hire man so ch ch check this out now i published that video and i have 28 likes and three comments right because yeah, they're the good guys yeah they're a good guy he's a sweetheart and then i call someone out and everybody's like what's up with the negative comments uh or, or negative content and now everybody's engaging everybody's trending and now everybody's accusing me to do something for attention well if you are that person go watch all my com i've done 100 company tours why I don't get a credit for them? Why people like if you truly love that content, why you don't compliment that business owner or myself to create it? Because if you would engage more on the positive content and ignore negative, because people here's the thing. I see the same people roasting me on every negative video, like once a month, right? And I'm like, why I don't see you on the positive? Why I don't see you say anything about 10 videos prior to this? If you like, for example, look at a, uh, so let's say, go to timeline, look at Lee Hate fake guru video and watch 10 videos before that. So if you come to Lee Hate and say, well, you know, you're just roasting him for attention and like Lee Hate video got 19,000 views and it's been there for like three months, but I've done 10 videos before that. And I promise you those are higher quality amazing content for roofers i mean i know i know my content but i don't get engagement so why is that well i do think that i will say from a i remember watching that and the way that you leaked that out or released that you know and like a live and you said like hey let's watch it yeah. everybody's like tuning in 10 minutes countdown yeah. everybody's excited you do really know how to play it up I will say the quality of your production on that video and a lot of others is really good for just like, you know, you and your buddy, like, you know, making some content. I mean, it really does look like Dateline. I mean, we have a big team. It we does, have three video guys. Well, no, that's what I mean. And I, it, it really is impressive, the quality. Regardless what people say about the content, sure. I'm impressed with the quality because I know it takes a lot of work to make good content. Thank you. So I, I will say something good on that. Um, who are your biggest, like, haters that you see in those comments like consistently 
I mean, we're like storm chasers. Uh, <laughs> like, what are their names? Like, who? Like, like who? Who do you? Who do you consistently see that never comments on the good? It changes. But always comments. I, I block people. Oh, okay. If, if I see, why do you block people? Why does it? Like, why does it get to you? It doesn't get to me. It's just I don't want to. Like, there's no reason for like, especially Facebook. Don't you feel like that's too much control? Like, why do you want to have so much control? What do you mean? Like control, like. I don't know, blocking people. Like, you're going to make no, all no, this no. Con content, uh, and then, like, why are you going to block people when what they say? Let them just speak no, no, for no, themselves. No, 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 Like, so here's my rules for blocking. Okay. If, if you see the person who is constantly, like, who is, like, who put his life mission to roast you, why to engage with that? Like, wh why to keep, like, keep coming back and coming back? If I see, like, if you come to, like, for example, like, last video about shingles, there's a few ABC guys, and they question me, they challenge me, they disagree with me, none of them are blocked. I'll answer, I'll reply, like, you can accuse me of stuff, I will reply. But when you start using words like, uh, you know, like, start calling me Russian communism or uh, communism stuff. I mean, I have kids who read, like, if you're super negative, if you take it on a personal level, and you, if you take your, if you go on a mission to destroy me in comments, like, I'm not, in, like, it, it doesn't get to me, but I also don't want to dwell on it because those people will never change. And that's my way of saying them, like, if you don't like this content, just don't watch it. Scroll down. You don't need to be here. Just like you, you have to manage your community. Like, we have a choice today. I hear you, but I, I would just, I, I think that it, that's what comes with what you do. And I think that, I, and I think that. I would challenge you on that a little bit. I think you should probably rethink maybe that. Well, you, you can you, block people on YouTube. So YouTube ever sure. since YouTube stays, but Facebook, yeah, sure. you build you build your community. Like I'll give you an example. Yeah. So a roofing process conference, five years, nicest guys in the room, right? I want to surround myself with the positivity too. With they are. Nice I feel like VCon. I feel like Gary V conference where everybody's like all chummy, everybody's excited. But it, it really is the same. It is a bunch of Nate Schweppes like just yeah, running around. And exactly. Genos and Nates and like it was. Because those people who hate <laughs> you they have like they'll go to win the storm or others yeah. like you you have a choice well you just name drop that conference that's, that could be so that's spicy there <laughs> so you, you you can you have a choice you don't like my videos you don't like the topic don't engage like you know if you disagree if i'm so bad just stop following me do you do you think there's some good people in the industry that are out there that are actually afraid to like even like talk to you because they're afraid that you might do a piece on them even though like they probably did nothing wrong? Like do you do you feel like that you you, you struggle to maybe maintain good healthy relationships with people in the industry because of that? I don't know. I can't like I can't speak up for those people. What do you think though? Here's what I think. I think if you have something to hide, if you like, listen, if you are afraid of an interview, you have to rethink about how you do business, not about the person who would interview you. I'm not afraid of any interview. I'm transparent. So if CEO of supply house is afraid to be interviewed or manufacturer, it's how they do business. They are too political. Like ask yourself, why people would be afraid of interview like am i attacking like like for example Lee hate when i interview Lee hate he was calling me names like have you ever heard me in person like raise my voice argue run over people i come to people with questions i write them down if they lose control if they want to fight me if they raise voice on me 
have you ever seen me, and I've done hundreds of interviews, have you ever seen me react or to be after them or to be vindictive in any way, shape, or form? No. I'm the most professional interviewer there there is. I'm always calm. I'm always prepared. I'm always respectful. But if you are afraid of the interview, if you're afraid to talk about something, I will call you out. I don't think there. I don't. So I'm looking at it just like I'm trying to put myself in that position. And even before this, it's like because I had met you for because for, I when I came up to your sure. to your place. I was still scared that first time, just and I, not to hide, nothing like I'm just because it's Dimitri, right? Like, and it's like, yeah, it's well, like, maybe I have to work more a lot on of, my image. And yeah, I have work to do. 100%. Yeah. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I think that there, I think, yeah, I just think it would go better for your brand to like have some more people be able to like kind of like me, like what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to build a bridge, right? Sure. Like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't give that guy airtime. Oh, you know, like, are you, you know, I said, because they all know. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to be authentic. And I even even told uh, my assistant, I was like, I mean, I got some crazy questions in here that I that, that she was like, man, you're gonna ask him that? I mean, I showed this to, to my wife, and she, she's like, you're gonna ask him that? I said, yeah. I said, first of all, I can get away with it because like I'm a fun-loving, personable guy, and I don't have a fight in my in my boat. Like I don't have a fighting bone in my body. And I said, but it's still a little bit nerve wracking, right? Like again, you know, and again, it could be the stereotype. It could be the Russian. It could be like the the videos. It could be all the, the noise that's out there. But I do know that, listen, everybody's got a story. Everybody has the life behind the camera versus on the camera. I saw that. I know that because I enjoy content. And, you know, even with Gary Vee, like Gary Vee's not nearly as loud and, and as obnoxious as you may think, like when you're just chilling with him and hanging out. Like he's just super chill, just like you are. Um, so that's good. I think people people need to see that. Um, you often lose a lot of money, it seems like. I mean, I know what – I mean, I've had some lawyer bills in my day, you know, whether a customer didn't pay, whether he had an issue somewhere. Um, you know, legal fees can like really add up. I mean, big like big time. Like, what's the biggest check you ever wrote to a lawyer? Like, even like like in like one year. Like, what was the biggest? What was the biggest? Couple hundred thousand. Woo! Dang. <laughs> Why do you take on so much of that pain? Like, is it is it your is it ego? Is it like do you think that like you're smarter than everyone else? Like, are you trying to prove somebody wrong? Are you trying to beat the system? Like, where where's that come from? Just being myself. Like when you were like. Here's the advice to everyone about content game. You have to be you. You cannot pretend. I am who I am. I have a lot of work to do and I'm working on it. But at the end of the day, I am who I am. And you have to be true to yourself. And you have to, like, I pick my stories. And sometimes it's calculated risk. Sometimes you, I don't know. Just, I don't know how not to. What are some things you're working on? What are some things that you think that you're a little weak in that you would like to improve on about yourself? A lot of things. Just give me like the top two. (sighs) Biggest one is I want to be better boss, better communicator. How I treat my team. I feel like I'm. I've always been very good with the customers and very tough boss. Like I criticize my team more than I like. I don't want to criticize my team. I want to inspire them, and like that's my biggest weakness probably. Just realizing that. You know, I could do better in the relationship at my workplace. Like, that's my team. Like, they deserve better. They, you know, I treat really good my customers, but my team, I can be like the tough laugh. Like, I don't like that. I'm working on that. Um, being ma- like my image, being more like 
maybe it's hard to explain. I watch my content too, and I got way better. Like if you watch me five years ago to today, like I try to smile more. I try to to work to to appeal to more people, but it doesn't come easy to me being Russian with my background. You know, maybe with a past traumas and being hurt like how I grew up and stuff it all comes out like I work with a psychologist I work with a lot of things like you know I, I'm getting better and better but there's no just like in fitness like there's no limit of what's what's final it's never ending work so my English like need a lot of work to improve on my English so does that bother you less okay. it bothers me much less back in the day like three years ago I could Film the video in immediately like, I can hear mistakes that as I speak them, but all right, I'm not going to record it. It just goes in like I'll do better in the next video. So it's getting better. I, I think it's perfect. I'm just going to tell you because like it actually shows that you're Russian, <laughs> very Russian, but it's still very good English. It's almost like it's almost like an American trying to pretend like he's a Russian. And it's a real. It's really. I think it's really good. So you should. Just, well, it got better. Like yeah. Oh, five I can tell. Years I, I saw some of the old videos when I was getting ready for this. I I watched some of the old stuff and I was like, yeah, that's impressive that you've been able to get better at that. I appreciate you sharing that, man. Um, here's the other thing. Like it seems to me, and again, this could just be a coincidence. You know, you have these companies, right? You have directory, and you talk a. You know, you you really put down Angie's List and Home Advisor, right? You have. You know, you put down, you know, win the storm and, and Lee hates conferences and you have your own conference, right? You have, now you're selling materials and you just kind of came out with that video about the suppliers, right? What do you say to all that? Is it just coincidence or are you trying to tear other people's buildings down to build your building higher? Well, first of all, um, like, let's keep the record thrust. So you mentioned three companies, Right. So I never, ever said anything about Lee Hates conference ever. Like I didn't say that you did. No, no. I, did I just, no, like, I mean, just you, guys, because you guys have similar business models. Okay. He's a content creator. He's got a conference. He's a teacher. He's got a roofing company. All right. Like very, you guys have but very he, but he, similar. But, but he's challenging me. Okay. He's I'm just me. saying. But then also, I mean, I saw a lot of stuff about when the sure. store, I'm not saying that these aren't valid. Sure. You have valid points when I hear you. No, no, no. I'm just saying, but why do you, is it just coincidence that you, that you kind of nudge and poke the bear a little bit over here to like make your so thing a little he, bit better? He, here's the timeline. There's tons of events in the roofing industry, right? So let's talk about that. So Lee Haid, Anthony Dolmetic, I call, so those two people, like, and in the video, when I talk about Lee Haid being a fake guru, I, I said, like, I gave my stage to like 60 people. So I promote like 60 people, I call out two. So I've never, like, if I would, if the strategy would be to bring others down, I would be calling Hunter Belus roof calm down or John Cenex or other events. I never ever speak negatively about other events to raise my event, but just because I call out Delmedico Crook one time does not mean that I have my conference to compete. Like I don't ever talk about wind the storm when I talk about a roofing process conference. Like I don't compare them. I don't like I've, I've meant like I think people exaggerate uh, amount of content. So like for example, last mention of Anthony Delmedico was probably two years ago, and even that video 
was my take on what happened with him at that time. And that video was, and before that, it was probably another two years. So in four years, I mentioned him one time, but that's all people remember. Lee Haidt, I mean, I've have over five years, I have like five interviews with him. I've been in his office. I've been in his, like, 2018 was the first interview. I've been in his office, 2020, company tour. Uh, Lindsay Douglas, when she came up, accused him. I interviewed her, and I interviewed his reply. Again, in five years, I've been always... He's been asking me to speak at his event for five years and to come to my event. And for five years, I've been saying, no, like, you're not the speaker on my stage. I'm not going to do it. So he did have a pretty cool stage, man. He had some pretty, he had some pretty big speakers in his and conference. I, and I have no problem with yeah. that. But like the, the recent fight within the last six months, just because I, I call him f- fake guru after five years. Well, that's, do you, that's, that, do you think that's clickbait? That term fake guru? Like, do you feel like? Absolutely the, not. All right. Just, yeah. just checking. So just checking and, uh, and also about Anthony and I've never met him because sure. I'm not a storm guy. Sure. So like just now, since sure. I'm traveling the country, I'm learning a little bit more about this whole storm world, which sometimes I think God that I'm not a storm, a storm guy. Cause that's, that's the wild west. I'd probably still be in uh, not the best place, but um, I heard that he, I, and again, this is all hearsay. Sure. I heard that he's changed his life around and like that. He, um, that he sold the conference and that, you know, he's been making some amends. Do you think that had anything to do with, Maybe you bringing that to light. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't talk to him. Like, okay. I mean, I, I, I always offer, like, if Delmedica wants to do another interview, I'm open book. Let's go. Like, I'll yeah. Uh, I think you, I think you guys should do that. I think that would be good. I, I'm game. Uh, Angel's List, the same thing. Angel's List was my biggest disappointment in life. So, actually, in... <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Biggest disappointment. So, I was on Angel's List. I was Angel's List. As a, roofing, con- as a yeah. roofing contractor, so that I was your biggest... I have over 700 reviews on Angel's List. So when I I met Angie Hick, I was at her conference. Like in 2018, it was devastating. So I always call out Home Advisor. Since like 2014, 2015, I hated Home Advisor with a passion. Loved Angie's List. And then Home Advisor buys Angie's List. Within three months, removes Storm Group from it. Like we got legal paper like saying you can't be. Like I have a theory that they bought them. To, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Dimitri, your head's so big, it's not going to be able to get out the door. Uh, it was a joke. But no, re- like they sent me a letter that you cannot be on Angel's List anymore. And uh, so, and I started a director in 2020. So I figured like what I did, like, dude, my bill for development bill is like 30000 bucks a month for the past couple of years. So I put close to a million dollars in development. And I do mention Angel's List as... Like if Angel's List would not sold out and would not change, I still probably would do business with them. Director was would never be born, but it, the problem was so big. So it, for me, it's always you see the problem, but I don't want to be talker. Like yeah, here's the problem. You know, win the storm is a bad conference or whatever the case. Like can we do better? I want to have conference like this conference. Well, I go, I went and created it, but. After I created it, the business model is not to keep talking about that. Like, yeah, I mean, like people know that I don't like it, but I don't focus on it. People do. People exaggerate the amount of content I actually have done. Yeah, I don't like Delmedico and I have my own conference. But does it mean that like show me my ads or show me what I do to promote my conference? Like I don't mention him ever. Like for two years, I don't like my last video about Delmedica years ago. So this uh, and anyway. And the last one with materials. Will you support thing. the conference now that it's under new ownership? I have to look. I have yeah, I was to, just curious. I, 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 don't I, don't know. Know I don't know anything about it either. I was just curious. Mm. 
And the last one, underlayments. So for the past couple of years, we have all the... Like, it's fascinating to me, by the way, that you sell building materials, because I think now you're just getting out of control. I, I personally think... I'm going to have a hot take on this. Sure. Like, dude, just like... Folk, can't you just like pick one thing? And I know you're trying to monetize your audience, right? But like, it's not even that. What do you mean? Well, so, what? Like, come on, man. What do you mean it's not it's, even it's, that? It's, it's business. So you're taking I'm, care of Nate Schweppes over the world, I'm, right? Let's, Sorry, let's, Nate. I don't know if you're why, buying off him or not. First, but first like, of all, I'm entrepreneur, right? Just because I have a YouTube channel doesn't mean that I'm not gonna go and create business. Like, sure. How many that's businesses a mar- that's a good, Mark Cuban has? I'm not saying. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm as, just saying, as, like, can't, as a content creator. Like I have, like Mr. Beast ha- is in the chocolate factory. Okay, but Mr. Now. You should even, but Mr. Okay, but you and Mr. Beast are in two totally different worlds. Mr. Beast has a hundred million dollars, and thousands of people probably can help so him. What? I'm not. Here's how the is thing. it different? All right, because I think in business, like to be really successful, you you should focus on one thing, get it to a point to where it can run on its own, and. I don't know. It seems to me that like, you know, you got your conference, you're selling building materials, you got directory trying to blow up and get it off the ground. Um, you got the roofing school, you got this new marketing. Uh, they all complement each other. And I'm not saying they don't. They also take a lot of work and focus. So are you teaching these Nate Schweppes of the world and these contractors, these these guys that are hard workers, are you teaching them, well, if Dimitri can start five businesses, is that good for me? Because I think that's a dangerous, I think that's dangerous because where focus goes, energy flows. And if you're not focused on, if you can't focus on five things, I don't believe I put my label on, like, think about this. Uh, Like when, with underlayment business, I have a partner who runs it. It's my name on it, but I'm like professional athlete. Like think about Michael Jordan. It's like an affiliate agreement almost. It's like, yeah, it's a marketing agreement. So think about Michael Jordan and uh, Jordan shoes. Is Michael Jordan in the shoe business or like one of the greatest things ever? I understand that. I just think that it can be a little bit um, dangerous for other entrepreneurs who follow you and look up to you to be like, all right, Dimitri's starting this. Dimitri's starting that. Dimitri's starting that. It's almost like. And close them. I also, the person who uh, sold the roofing business, I also. The you won't person, tell me how much though. We already figured that out. I you won't also, tell me how much. like, <laughs> I also. Must not have been a lot. Even even with the roofing school, uh, June first this year, I announced like I closed. Uh, I started taking calls with the students. Like before, I open next one. I monetize like I manage my time really well. If I do something else, I'm gonna close one of the doors. Yeah, and focus. now and now you're a professional boxer, and now this is a whole other thing that's distracting you. You're having to train for it. Let's get into what everybody tuned in for, right? Lee hate, okay. And how does fighting Lee hate like change or perform? improve the perception of the roofing industry like internally externally like no one has any idea why this is even happening it's just it's kind of silly why does it has to be about roofing industry why i cannot do something for myself well because you broadcasted it on a channel that's called roofing insights and you're a a media person it's almost like you're turning into like donald trump or don king and like it just it's all about dimitri it feels like it's a lot about dimitri so why Mark and Elon is gonna do it. Okay, you are comparing yourselves to like. No, no, no. But but why? Like, are they really gonna do it? There's no. I don't think that's that'll ever happen. I think that was just a little social trolling a little bit. Why did they do it though? I mean, I don't know if they even actually did it. I think maybe someone started. I don't think they stopped it. I I think that uh, you know everyone's gonna take a. I'll I'll answer about Lee. So not it was a uh, actual. It's funny story. It's cool story. 
So I always wanted, like, uh, you have a bucket list? I have a bucket list. On my bucket list, I had a cage fight. About five, six years ago, I talked to my wife. I'm like, babe, I want to. So my wife's uh, cousin was a MMA fighter, like, in Minneapolis, like, <clears throat> David. So we watched a couple of his fights. He has, like, five, seven fights. And I told my wife, that's what I want. I want a three. Like, growing up, I fought a lot of guys, like, on the street and stuff. And watching, you know, Hollywood movies, like, it's it's inspirational. To watch someone prepare for the fight, it's mental challenge. There's so many aspects. And I'm, I consider myself athlete. And I wanted to try it. So I told my wife, I'm like, I want to train. I want a one-cage fight. It was, the conversation was, like, five, seven years ago. I talked to my pastor about it. I talked to my wife. My wife is like, this is stupid. You should not do it. You have five kids. Don't do it. And it, it never went away. Like, it's always like being, you know, just that thrill. You want to do something. It's just like some people want to jump from the parachute. For me, it was a fight in a cage. So when I interview Lindsay Douglas, so Lee Haight wanted to fist fight me. He actually, right outside the restaurant, he was drunk, like in my face. And, uh, you know, I'm, can st in in that scenario i'll do everything to avoid the fight but he was keep challenging me every year like last year before bdr so he did the uh, best number of fight before that he was asking me to do it he's like let's do it let's do it let's do it for marketing let's do it to 10 people right so he'd been challenging me for years but then after recent interviews he got so pissed and he's like I'm going to do it, like, I'm going to come to you. If you're not going to do it, I'll make it. I'll pour water at you. I'll come to your office with the boxing gloves. You will fight me. So he was, like, threatening me like crazy. And finally, I said, you know what? You have yourself a fight. Let's fight it, but let's do it. Like, not MMA. I'm a crossfitter. You're an MMA fighter. Meet me in the middle. Let's do boxing. Let's do it. I'm not afraid of you. I always wanted to do it. Like, you're a perfect opponent. And I said, let's do it. That's it. So I do it because it's a, my personal decision. It's my character. Of course, I'm going to broadcast it. And you know why? Because thousands of people want to see this fight. But I am not making it as roofing fight. I'm not fighting for the cause. I'm not fighting to well, prove the point. You did say you're going to fight and you wanted there to be a purse and you're going to take that purse and you're going to give it to all the salesmen. No, that no, he's, no, no. Did he, you not say that? He said it. He said, if you fight me, I'll give you $60,000. Sure. And I said, and I'll pay, the, if you give me $60,000, I'll give you $60,000 to the person who have dispute with you. I, I so you don't, don't have to put up any money either? Like, you guys aren't both putting money up? No? I don't know how this fight stuff no, works. No, so like, I'm no, a little no, ignorant no, to it. No. But he really is putting up sixty grand. No. Oh, no. So he, there's no money going to be exchanged in hands. No, no, no. And that's already solved, and that's good. It's just going to be a, just an amateur. So said, it's going to so, be an amateur fight, and it's just going to. So we, we, we found the venue. So next thing I know. I said, I'm not coming. He wanted me to come to Tampa. I said, I'm not coming there. That's just not fair. Let's do something in the middle. I don't expect you to come into Minneapolis. Wait, it's, just, it's just a ring, dude. Like, what do you mean it's not fair? It's not like, you think no, there's like a home field advantage or something? No, he wa he wanted to do like literally his venue, like where he's working out and all uh, that stuff. Like his crowd, I don't know. His it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Is it like basketball or football? Like you can't like just, all right. No, it's just neutral. Did, you need a neutral. You need a yeah, neutral ground. Like in the middle. So well, you're right. not in control. I'm not in control. It's not like your judge or your like whatever. Like is this thing really happening? Yes, hundred percent. It's really happening. Because yeah. for a while there, Gen January twentieth, it's really happening. So uh, Raymond Wendell. Yeah. So, 
uh, he actually reached out. He that said, "That dude is awesome, by the way. He is. So is he, he friends he, with both of you? Is that yeah, how this yes. is working? So like, he, ah. he reached out. Like, I know both of you. Let me organize it. I actually sponsor fights. I so have he's the, the Don King. Yes. So <laughs> he, he did the whole thing. He and I mean, I'll take it. So I accepted the fight, and then everybody's like, "What does it solve? What does it have to solve anything? I do it for myself. I do it because it's the right thing to do. Someone challenged me for the fight. You know, he is a perfect opponent for me." You know, I don't have hate. I don't like people think, oh, you hate. Like, no, I don't have emotion. Like, I don't agree with him. I hate his business style. I hate what, like, I hate how he behaves with his sales reps and disputes he has. Like, I hate all of that. You know, a lot of people hate the way you do content too, right? 100%. All right, just making sure. And just making sure you know that. 100%. And I'm not trying to please everyone. But the thing is, I don't hate the person. Like, I'll shake your hand. We'll, like, Let's do it. You want to fight me? Let's fight. It doesn't have to prove anything. How many people are going to be there? I think uh, 900 people is what... How, they, how much are tickets selling for? They're not expensive. Like 50 bucks. Is a, so VIP table is like $1,400. It's NFC. So you, it's, get, you giving away tickets at your conference to like get people there? Like how, how, how it's, is this? it's nothing to do with the conference. It's Yeah, I know, but you're a promoter. So like, are you going to promote this fight at your conference? Are you, you going to try to get contractors to go to this? Th 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 this venue will sell it for... So NFC is national like fighting like where I was. There's seven fights that night. Sure, more people are gonna go see those people than they're gonna go Probably. see you. Right? Like yeah. this event doesn't need to be promoted. How like, many roofers do you think will be there? A, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Atlanta is a huge market, so there's a lot of roofers in Atlanta. Okay, and it's From a great Atl place to fly into because it's easy to fly into. Yeah. So, I mean, probably five, seven hundred. I don't know. I know Rufus wants to do it. I know, I know Rufus. Do you already. think this is going to start a trend? Do you think anybody else is going to set up a match, or is there anybody else that's going to fight? Like, well, listen, is, I think like it's Tim Brown and Joseph Hughes going to go I, like I, I dead or something thing. like that. <laughs> Here's the good rule: how to make content and how to do stuff. Right? I do videos that I would like to watch myself, and I do like. And with this boxing match, it's the same thing. If someone that I follow would box each other, I would go and watch. Because it's fun. It's it's nerve wracking if you if you're in the ring yourself. But you know he is. I'm underdog big time. He he's been doing it for many years. He's younger. He's lighter. I don't know. We'll see. Here's what we're gonna do. I got I got more stuff to ask you about. But I know everybody wanted to hear about Lee. They got they got Lee. We're gonna pause here and we're gonna make a second video. And we're going to talk about, when we come back uh, in the next episode, we are going to talk about this whole greedy supplier thing. Because that is okay. that is the talk of the town right now. I mean, okay. kid you not, I thought Lee Haight was big news. I think Lee Haight just got like, that, that, that thing got small, bro. <laughs> just so you know. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your family a little bit with your kids and your wife and what it's like to to be you and like have to, do, you know, have your kids watch you be you. And like, how do you feel about that? I'm going to ask you a little bit about directory. Um, but then I also want to get your thoughts on the future of roofing and then a little bit to uh, to hear more about your personal self, like where you want to be in you know, 10 years, 20 years, how you want to be remembered, things like that. So. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. If you got value out of this episode, which I hope you did, I did for sure, um, follow us so that way you can uh, get the next episode of Dimitri. We're going to go back to back so that way you get two episodes of Dimitri. Thanks for being here, brother. Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast. 